You're listening to Identity Theft by Alana Terry, narrated by Becky Downey, and sponsored by the award-winning Kennedy Stern Christian Suspense series. Visit alanaterry.com slash unabridged to get the first three-book bundle in the Kennedy Stern Christian Suspense series today. And now, enjoy today's episode of Unabridged, the Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast. Chapter 25 Driscoll's briefing was just as long and involved as his first one had been back in Massachusetts. Apparently, he had an entire twenty-minute speech memorized where he talked about all the dangers that might befall a protectee who leaves the program. Scare tactics, really. Except Lacey didn't need those anymore. She had already been terrified into compliance. Her next stop would be to a safe house out of state. Driscoll didn't tell her where it was, just told her she'd fly out with him in a few hours. She'd wait there for a week or two, however long it took the department to put together her new cover identity. She listened to it all as if she were a distant observer, a member of the audience watching a crime drama in a theater, maybe a new minimalist musical. Definitely not a comedy. Do you have any questions for me? Driscoll asked, tipping his cup back to take in the last few drops of coffee. She licked her lips. How's... Driscoll had been talking for so long she couldn't trust her voice. How's Raphael? He frowned. He took a lot of chances. You know there's no way we can guarantee safety for someone like that. That wasn't good enough. She'd spent four years wondering what had really happened to him that night at the North End. Even though she knew there was never going to be a future where she and Raphael ended up together, she refused to step into the next act of her life without knowing the full truth. What did the doctor say? She tried to make her voice sound forceful, but wasn't sure she pulled it off. Driscoll stared at his empty cup. He didn't make it. Too much blood loss. Lacey let his answer float in the air around her, took in the truth a small breath at a time. He didn't make it. Driscoll made a move as if he were going to drink again, but changed his mind. I'm sorry. Didn't make it. Lacey knew at some point the realization would hit her full in the gut, maybe on the plane with Driscoll or maybe once she got settled in her new home in the lower 48. All the sorrow, the grieving, the regrets, that would all come later. Now she had a plane to catch, a safe house to reach. She hoped wherever they took her at least had some good movies. Her brain could use some mindless numbing. Well, Driscoll stood. I have a few details to oversee before we head to the airport. In the meantime, I think there was somebody who... The moment he cracked the door open, Sandy shouldered her way in. She was carrying a backpack, a small duffel, and several shopping bags. I'm here, sweetie. Driscoll squeezed past all the luggage and shut the door behind him. Sandy set the bags on the floor and hurried toward Lacey. They hugged. Lacey did what she could to mentally record the feeling of her mom's hands around her back wondering how long until the memory faded and dissolved. I'm sorry, Sandy sniffed, laughing at herself. I promised myself I'd be the strong one here. 
She tilted her head and pouted at Lacey. Mascara dribbled down her cheeks. I brought your stuff. She gestured toward the bags. That's the backpack and duffel you had at the mission home, and I went to the store to grab some other things. She pulled various items out of the shopping bags. New socks, a few cute hair accessories, tampons and deodorant. I got a couple books, too. I don't know what you like to read these days, so I just picked out some that looked interesting. I didn't know how long you'd be on your flight, or... She let her voice trail off. Thanks, Lacey mumbled. Her mom sniffed loudly. I'm so sorry all this happened, dear. I know. Some people would say something like, everything happens for a reason, or God won't give you more than you can handle. But the truth is, God gives his people things they can't handle every single day. It's not fair. It's not pleasant. It's just life. She sat in the folding chair, and Lacey caught a whiff of fabric softener wafting from the folds of her skirt. Could she remember that smell always? God is good, Sandy continued. We can't ever doubt that, and his word tells us he'll work things out for our good if we love him. But that doesn't keep bad things from happening. All these horrible events that have happened to you, those are bad. Still, we get to hold faith that God knows what he's doing. He can make good come from all these tragedies. He will if you trust him. She sighed. I wish I could tell you more, sweetie. Wish I could give you all the answers. But here I am, hardly a crumb of wisdom to my name, and you're probably starving for a whole loaf right about now. It would be nice, Lacey admitted. They talked a little more. Lacey explained how Curtis grew suspicious about the car and drove down to Anchorage to check on her, how Raphael had been involved with everything from the start, how surprised Lacey was to feel so little at the news of his death. That's because it hasn't sunk in, sweetheart, Sandy explained. You see, God knows that some things are easier to take in little by little, bite-sized chunks, if you will. Now, I know Raphael did you wrong and I bet you feel like you should be angry with him. The fact is, you probably will be. That's just a part of grieving, darling. And don't you think that just because he's the one who put you in all that danger, that you shouldn't mourn for him? I'd be worried over you if you didn't. That boy was important to you. I remember you two together back in Boston. You had a chemistry, a bond. Might not have been the wisest or most godly of bonds, but that doesn't matter right now. What matters is he's gone, and eventually you're going to have to process all that, cry as much as you need. Nothing cleanses the soul like prayer and a good sob. And don't feel pressured to get over him too soon either, hun. That's the other mistake some folks make. Don't rush the grieving period. I always like to picture my tears are the rain that's going to water the flowers God's sending my way. He does that, you know, makes beauty out of our sorrow. Sometimes it takes longer than others. That's why we need to ask him for patience. She reached out and stroked Lacey's cheeks as Drisclay's voice carried into their room from the intercom. Five more minutes, then we got a plane to catch. Sandy wrapped her arms around Lacey. I pray for you every single day. Lacey wished she knew how to respond. 
Is there anything you want me to tell your dad? Lacey took in a deep breath. Just tell him not to worry about me. Tell him... She faltered once before finding her voice again. Just tell him I'm safe and I love him a lot. We both love you. Sandy held her even tighter. She wiped her eyes. I know this has to happen, sweetie. It's for your own safety, but it's just so hard. Lacey nodded. Now, one more thing, Sandy went on. Let's say down the road you meet some nice young man, someone like that trooper friend of yours who wants to marry you. As long as he loves you and he's a believer, you both have our blessing, okay? He doesn't need to dig around and investigate and call Carl out of the blue this time. Got it? Lacey tried to laugh along with her mom, but couldn't. Sandy's whole body sighed as they held each other for the last time. I know I can't ask you anything about where you're going, and maybe you don't know yet either. But wherever the good Lord takes you, honey, my prayer for you is that you'll realize how much he loves you, wherever you are, whatever heartaches you've had to suffer. His love for you is greater than all of that. So you draw close to God, sweetie, and when you're praying to him, feeling his big, powerful arms wrapping around you and holding you tight and keeping you safe, you remember your daddy and me are praying for you awful fierce. Those times you feel the Holy Spirit right there with you, comforting you, that's going to be God answering our prayers and showing you how much you're loved. Lacey bit her lip. Maybe she could find those tears today after all. Sandy took in a deep breath. Now, I'm not going to say goodbye because goodbyes are for people who don't know Jesus and don't have the hope we do that one day we'll all be together again. You just hang on till then, sweet thing. Brighter times are coming your way. I just know it. She kissed Lacey's cheek, and with a flourish of her long French braid and rustling floral skirt, she was gone. Chapter 26 One Week Later Tired. Lacey was so tired. Tired of the Texas heat. The safe house had air conditioning, but it hardly made any difference. The whole town had gathered for their little Fourth of July parade two blocks over. She had listened all morning to bagpipers warming up across the street. She had forgotten how many movies she'd watched since Driscoll dumped her out here. She'd breezed through all the historical and romance novels Sandy bought, even though none of them had really interested her. Sometimes she wondered if this was what certain believers imagined purgatory would be like. A lot of waiting. Some sorrow, disappointment, occasional anger, fear, loneliness, and not a whole lot else. Lacey sat on the safe house couch with her legs tucked beneath her. Driscoll had taken her phone so she couldn't access her Bible app, but Lacey had found a worn New King James Bible on a bookshelf at the safe house, right next to a nine-year-old Cosmo magazine and a Jehovah's Witness publication. She hadn't been reading scripture systematically like Carl did, starting at the beginning and working his way through to Revelation. She usually just flipped around until something caught her eye. She spent a lot of time in Jeremiah lately. For I know the plans I have for you. She was glad someone did. 
Driscoll would be here in an hour or two with more information, but right now all she knew was she was going to South Dakota. She'd spent a lot of time praying her new home wouldn't have as many mosquitoes as Glen Allen. She also would prefer to work somewhere where she didn't have to change a dozen diapers a day. For I know the plans I have for you. Lacey had already decided that once she got to her new home, she would find a church there, maybe even work up the courage to join a Bible study or a prayer group. She didn't want South Dakota to turn out like Alaska, where she only knew one or two casual acquaintances. No wonder she had felt so lonely there. Things had gotten a little easier once she met Curtis, but... She spent most of her waking hours trying not to think about him. She couldn't let her past life poison her future like she had before. She had come to Alaska still pining for Raphael, still mourning his loss, grieving to the point where she could never move on with her life. In South Dakota, she couldn't live another four years wishing for things that would never be. She remembered what her mom told her about breaking up with her doctor boyfriend. He was an important part of my life for a season. We had fun memories. That's what Lacey wanted to hold on to when it came to her relationship with Curtis. The memories. Memories of cuddling together on the couch while Madeline put on impromptu ballet shows. Of driving to Anchorage together, holding hands and enjoying the quietness of each other's company. Of helping Madeline build her very first snowman or take her first step on ice skates. Those were good memories, and she was trying desperately not to sully them with the sorrow of this move. Sometimes things just didn't work out. It didn't mean Curtis was a bad fit. It didn't mean the two of them weren't compatible. It just meant life had gotten in the way of what could have been. In some ways, Lacey was glad to be starting over, glad she didn't need the constant reminder of how foolish she'd been to waste four whole years agonizing over someone like Raphael. With him, it was easier to confine his memory to a distant point in the past. They had been good together back in Massachusetts, but everything after that had been a waste of energy at best, a nearly fatal mistake at worst. If only she had realized that sooner. Sometimes she would look back and dissect those two and a half years she'd spent with Raphael. Were there signs? Could she have known what sort of jeopardy he'd drag her into? How much pain a few years of carefree spontaneity with him would cost? Lacey had finally begun to experience something new when it came to Raphael, something she had longed for during those four agonizing years in Glen Allen. Closure. She couldn't change the past, couldn't take back those years they'd spent together traveling the East Coast in his sob. She wasn't even sure she'd want to. Of course, she'd happily reverse time and never drive with him to the pier. But if Raphael was making such bad choices, they were bound to catch up to him eventually. It could have been worse. She could have been killed. Even if Raphael's contact hadn't gotten murdered that night in the North End, what would that mean? A life on the run with someone who offered fun and excitement, but absolutely nothing by way of security. He was an important part of my life for a season, Sandy had said. Her mom was so wise. Lacey hoped that she'd eventually learn to do the same thing with Curtis, move on, 
except the good times they'd had without wishing they could continue. With him, though, it was harder. Curtis had never jeopardized her life, never cost her four years of pain and isolation. Still, she would have to go forward. She considered her placement in South Dakota God's way of giving her a new start. How many people would kill for a chance like that? Forget all the mistakes of the past. Forget all the doomed relationships, the wasted time. A chance to start over with a clean record. Lacey was trying to be grateful for that. It was a start. You've been listening to Identity Theft by Alana Terry. Today's episode of the Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast is sponsored by the Kennedy Stern Christian Suspense Series. Current Audible listeners can get the first three books for just one credit. New subscribers can dive into this best-selling series free with your Audible trial. Visit alanaterry.com unabridged to download the Kennedy Stern Christian Suspense audiobooks today. Just be prepared to stay up late.